I do, before I dive into the message today, uh, I want to say, I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. You felt, did you have a good time? Is it good? How many had a rough Thanksgiving? Fussed with some people? Got upset? That's all right. That's how it is. It's the way it is. Um, but you're here today, and I'm, I'm proud of you and glad, glad that you are. Before we uh, dive into the message, let me remind you that next week, Hill's Christmas starts right here on Sunday morning, December the 8th. A Hills Christmas. You do not want to miss it uh, for the entire month of December. You want to be here every single Sunday, okay? I promise you, you want to be here. Going to be all kind of special decor, special uh, food elements, really cool music. The kids are going to be doing some special stuff. And then also, we're starting this next week, uh, a message series called The Thrill of Hope. Now, the reason we're doing all these special elements, the music, the food, is really not for you, okay? We love you. We love you, and we want you to be celebrated. But the reason we're doing this is because it is a great opportunity for you to invite someone to come with you. Uh, Easter, people are ready to go to church, and Christmas, people start thinking about going to church. It's a a perfect time to invite people to come with you to to church. Next week, we're going to have some invite cards for you. But why don't you start inviting people? Start praying about who you're going to bring. This entire message, The Thrill of Hope, I'm going to be sharing the gospel every single Sunday. Every Sunday, I'm going to be preaching about hope. I'm going to be preaching about the future that God has given us. But I promise you, at some point in that message, I'm going to be spelling out the gospel very, very clearly. It was amazing. Even last night, I was having a conversation with a young man. And in the midst of walking through some traumatic stuff, I was able to share the gospel with him. And it was, it was, it was crazy to watch the light in his eyes. Everything just starts changing. And so that's what we want to see happen, okay? This is not just about having a fun time at church. Bring some folks with you. Look at your neighbor and say, hashtag, be a bringer. So think, who are you going to bring with you next week? And then just plan it out for the, for the, the rest of December to bring folks with you. Well, we have devoted the month of November to being grateful, and we've been in a series called Grateful, where we've been talking about the only way to live a great, full life is to live a Oh, heals people in the house. I love it. We were supposed to be done with this message last week, but this week I just felt the Holy Spirit moving on me and uh, talked with some of our team, and I just felt prompted to speak on it one more Sunday, and I want to focus today on worship. I'm going to spend my time with you just talking about worship, and I want to thank you so much for coming engaged and ready to worship this morning. You did. You sang and worshiped and lifted hands and shouted out loud and all that stuff, and then I'm going to talk about worship, and I hope it reveals some other things to you, and then we're going to close out the service with some more worship. Is that good? It doesn't matter. I got the mic, so we're going to do it anyway, okay? Let's look back on a passage that we read last Sunday, Psalms 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. The very beginning starts with thanks. If you want to know how to worship, And I I hope you are, because that's what God's looking for. If you want to know who God is looking for, he's looking for worshipers, all right? He's not looking for the most talented, the best looking. He's Look at your neighbor and say, good thing, all right? Don't say that. That's not good. He's looking for worshipers. That is what he is after. And worship, if you're taking notes, write this down. Worship begins with being grateful. Thankful for what God has done for us. Thankful that we get to be here. Thankful that we even get to enter the gates. 
I want you to hear what I'm saying because some of you are professional worshipers, you think. You've been doing it for a long time. You think you know how to worship, but you have, some of you have forgotten how to be grateful that you even get to be here. I know I have at times. I think, that, well, God, I'm doing you a service to be here today. You should be, all of heaven should be rejoicing because I got up, put on my clothes, and came to church, right? But that's not the, 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 the way worship really goes to the next level is when you start with gratefulness. To truly worship, you must first understand that we don't even belong here. Think about it. Think about, think about the mess of a life that you've lived and that God lets you sit on these seats, that God lets you wake up in his family. Come, is it just me that lived a mess of a life? Think about it. What, what you and I have done, how far away we were from God's law. And yet he allows us to be here. What I found is the best worshipers are grateful folks. That's why worship begins with thanks. Because it starts with this thing, man, I'm, I'm entering this gate. Who enters the gates of thanksgiving? Somebody that knows I shouldn't be here. But somehow I won the grace lottery and I'm here today, all right? I get to be a part of this. John 4 tells a story of Jesus meeting with a Samaritan woman at a well. And I want to read it to you. Jesus said, or woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. So what he's saying is the Samaritans who were bitter enemies of the Jews believed that they were supposed to worship on this holy mountain. And the Jews believed that you were supposed to worship God in Jerusalem. And he said, there's a time coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers, come on, say that with me. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Remember, this lady that Jesus was talking to was a lady he should not even be talking to. She was despised by the Jews. She was a heathen. She was a pagan. They hated one another. It kind of reminds me of some other heathens in the Bible as we enter the Christmas season. The wise men. Did you know the wise men were more than likely sorcerers? They, they were pagans. They didn't know anything about God. They were just studying astrology and studying scriptures. And they saw the star and they something is going on. Let's start traveling. And the scripture says when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let me ask you a question. Why out of everybody in the world did these wise men who were kings, heathens, pagans, why did they get to see him? Why were they some of the first to see him? You know why? Because they were seeking him. They got to see him because they were seeking him. I know this, that God is seeking for people that are seeking after him. And when they saw him, did you notice what they did? They were kings. They should have said, man, how blessed you are to be in our presence, Jesus. They didn't. They fell down and they worshiped. They gave gifts. This is a heart of gratitude. There was something about these wise men that knew we don't belong here. This is, this is sacred ground, and they fell down, and they worshiped. These heathens that, that are worshiping. Here's, let me tell somebody something today. You do not have to have it all together to be a worshiper. 
Come on, let me help you right now. Because some of you are saying, well, I, I see Pastor John up there. I see these folks. And, and yes, they can worship. But they, they, you don't know what I did last night or last week. You don't know the life that I've, that I've been living. Listen, you don't worship because you're worthy. You worship because he's worthy. Amen? Because you and I, and here's something else I'm going to tell you. Not only do you not have to have it all together to worship. Matter of fact, I'm not sure that a real worshiper can have it all together. I just don't know if you can really worship God if you feel like you've got it all together. And God is looking for worshipers. He told the lady, he said, this is, this is the kind of person God is looking for. I'm looking for worshipers. When I studied that this week, that's one of the saddest things to me. That the God of the universe would be spending his time looking for worshipers. Does that, does that bring a tear to your eye a little bit like... The, he could do anything he wants, but he's spending his time looking for worshipers. You know why? Because it's the one thing God can't do. He can do anything else, but he can't worship himself. He has to have us. You want job security? Matter of fact, David said this. David said, Lord, don't. this is when David was in one of his worst times. He said, God, please don't kill me, because if you kill me, who's going to worship you? <laughs> don't you love that bargaining chip right there? And God kept him alive. Why? Because God's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people that, that have a heart for him. And yet I find that we worship everything but him. I don't want to get too hell, fire, and brimstone on you right now, but we do. We worship everything else. And yes, I said worship. And some of you would say, well, I don't worship anything but God. Well, let me ask you this. You see, worship is, is all about value. If you want to know what worship is, it's not what we did a moment ago. It's not singing. That's part of it. It's not giving tithes and offerings. That's part of it. It's not serving. That's part of it. Worship is about value. It's about, it's about what do you place value on? Show me where you spend your time. Show me where you spend your money. Show me where you spend your energy, and I will show you what you worship. Worship is a sign of what we love. You know, when you value something, you, it's all about that, right? You value your kids, you value your wife, you, you value your car, you value, everything is about that, this love affair with it. it just, your focus is on it. Worship is an outflow of adoration. That's what it is. It's something that is already in you. So if I ever meet someone that I feel like I've got to pump and prime them to let worship come out, I know what's not in their heart. Because the scripture tells us that whatever is in your heart will come out of your mouth. Whatever your heart is full of, your mouth will speak. So worship begins long before you hear the dong, dong, dong. Worship begins on Monday. Worship begins tonight when you're telling God, Lord, I'm putting my value on you. That's why you set time aside during the day to spend time with him. That's why you set aside our, our tithes and our offerings. You're saying, God, this is what I value. It's why you serve in the house of God. This is why you put your neighbor above yourself. It's all about this. It's, I'm saying, God, I value you so much that I'm going to put you out front. Yeah. Worship is about value. And worship is also about focus. If you're taking notes, you should write those two things down. Worship is about value and worship is about focus. Let me ask you today, what has your focus? You know, the one thing that God can never stand is idolatry. He just will not put up with it. You read the scripture. By the way, if you ever get bored reading the Bible, you're reading the wrong places, okay? 
You start reading about he would wipe out an entire generation. Wipe them out. Everybody gone. Why? Because of idolatry. Because they were worshiping things. They were putting things in front of him. Why does that bother God so much? Because God is one. And he wants our focus to be one. And yet we have idols that not only do we value them, but we put our focus on them. What is your focus today? Is it your career? Is it your education? Is it sports? Is it music? Is it money? Is it that relationship that you want? Is it that you want to start a family? What has your focus today? Trying to get what's next? Trying to move up? What has your focus? That's what you're worshiping at this point. Can I just encourage us to change our value system? Can I just encourage us today to change our focus? Because God is looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. How many want to be the kind of person that God's looking for? One, two, three. I got another church you could go to. Come on. How many, how many want to be the kind of people God is looking for? Amen? All right. I'm telling you how to do it. Become a worshiper. Just be a worshiper. How, how do I do that? First of all, put him first. Right in the first thing of your morning, some of you like to do your devotion at night. That's cool, all right? But I can tell you, most people, it works better if you put it at the first thing of the day and you say, this is my day, Lord. I'm setting some time aside for you. And what that does is that gives you a filter that you see the entire day through. Setting aside 10% of your income, saying, God, this is yours. That gives you a filter that you're seeing everything through. Change your playlist. Come on, change your playlist up a little bit. Get you some worship music. I'm not saying you got to listen to worship music all the time, but Kanye does have worship music now, so I'm just saying. You got me? Am I helping anybody today? I, w- I want to practically help you know how to worship. And then if we're all doing that through the week and we're doing it in our homes and in our cars and in our families, when we show up here on Sunday and you hear the dong, dong, it's just going to be a bull rush to get in here. What song are we singing today? Oh, man, I hope we're doing that one. But God is good. I, you see what I'm talking about? The anticipation. When David said, I was always out in front of the worshiping crowd, eager to arrive early in worship. That's the kind of church I believe that God is calling us to be. That's the kind of church that shakes a city right there. And that's the kind of people that God is looking for. He said, I'm, I'm looking for those that will worship in spirit and in truth. Remember, God is a spirit. And so what he was letting her know is, it doesn't matter where you worship. It matters who you worship. And that's the truth part. Spirit, you can worship anywhere at any time. I've worshiped in some of the craziest places. I've praised God in some of the nutso places. All right? It's just been because God is a spirit. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And all it takes is for me to call on his name, and I have his full attention. But then worshiping in truth is worshiping the right one. Not some ambivalent spirit out there. I'm talking about Jesus. I want to say it loud and clear that at the hills we believe there is one way and his name is Jesus. And we worship one name and that is the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're with me, just shout amen. amen. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm, I'm thankful that I even get to be here. Let me walk you through, let me walk you through the worship. And, and what this scripture is really talking about is the tabernacle plan, the way the tabernacle was set up, the temple was set up. He said, enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. All right? So watch what happens. So here's how worship should begin. You wake up in the morning. I'll I'll use your day on a regular day, and then I'll tie it in on Sunday, okay? So here we are, Sunday morning or your first morning, you wake up. (gasps) 
I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, that I get to breathe again. Like the video we showed last week. Remember that? You're still married to me. Praise God. The favor of the Lord. Thanks. I'm thankful that I get to be here. I'm thankful I get to walk through those doors. And then, after you've done that, then you enter his courts with praise. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he has done. Praise is thanking God for what he does. Not something he's done. Something he does, something that he does all the time. He saves us, he delivers us, he redeems us, he frees us. Amen. Aren't you glad he didn't just do it one time? Oh, can I get some help? I got a handheld mic and ain't nobody helping me preach today. (laughs) Thanksgiving is thanking him for what he's done. It's a little selfish, honestly, because it's all about us, right? Praise is thanking him for what he does, praising him for what he does. But worship is when you go beyond the courts and you go into the holy place. Thanksgiving is what he's done. Praise is what he does. Worship is about who he is. It's where I begin to focus on his nature, not what he's done for me. And things begin to change in that moment. How many of you felt a moment ago when when we were singing and you felt the atmosphere shift in the room? Raise your hand. All right, you know what that is? You just move from the courts to the holy place. And that's where worship happens. That's why I began to encourage you to say his name. That's worship. That's where you begin to, you're focused on him. Where every, In that moment, it's all about him. And then we got one more place to go. It's called the Holy of Holies. When you get to that place, you don't worship anymore. When the priest was ushered into the Holy of Holies, that's when he'd begin to make his petitions. He'd begin to say, God, save our people. Forgive us of our sins. Heal our land. Because at this point, his worship had now been accepted. God loved his thanksgiving and his praise and his worship. And now God says, come on in here with me. Tell me what you want. Come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about. When your kids just love you for no reason, you want to give them anything, don't you? And that's what God's doing in the holy of holies. Remember, this is the holy place. That's the holy of holies. When we're granted access into the holiest place, that's when you have the Father's heart and the Father's ear. That's when you begin to ask Him to do things and help you take care of things. The reason many of our prayers are not being answered is because we're praying them out here. We've done it all wrong. Thank you that I get to be here. I praise you for what you do. I worship you for who you are. Now, God, let me tell you some things I'd love for you to help me with. I'm not a real good preacher, but that's good preaching right there. Now, the thing that makes this so powerful, and and I'm going to close with this. The thing that, that makes this so powerful is that only the priest got to go into the Holy of Holies. The high priest, the priest of the priest, the holiest of the holy guys, the one that's been living above and beyond. That's who got to go there. The veil that separated The holiest of holies was not like a little curtain. It was a a true veil. It, It was 60 feet high. It was 30 feet wide. And it was four inches thick. It was to let everybody know, not everybody gets to come here. But aren't you glad that Jesus made a way for us? Do you think it's insignificant that when he said it is finished, that the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom? Why would he do that? 
Because he wanted you to know that he's paid the price, and now it's not just a high priest that can go in. Every single one of us, no matter how undone or broken we are, can find ourselves in the holy of holies. Look at what Hebrews says. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So here we go. So, everybody say so. So, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Come on, do you love that? Don't come, leave it up for just a minute. It doesn't, it doesn't say come timidly. Right? Don't back in. Come boldly. Stepping into God's presence. Stepping in because we know that the price has already been paid. When you and I realize the fact that Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sins, then worship becomes a beautiful act of, of just spontaneous. It just happens. So let me encourage you in the morning when you wake up. Wake up with thanksgiving. Spend some time in praise. Step into worship. And then you'll feel it happen. You'll feel it shift. Maybe in your car on the way. Maybe while you're washing dishes. Maybe while you're putting the kids down for a nap. Maybe at work. But you'll feel it shift. Something will click in the atmosphere. And when it does, that's when you go in and you start petitioning God. You start asking God, God, this is where we are now. Come on, how many receive this word today? Receive it. Just close your eyes. Let me pray for you for just a moment. Lord, I, I just speak against every, every word of the enemy that would try to tell us that we are less than. Every word of the enemy that would try to speak and whisper to folks that are here this morning that they could never step into God's presence that is a lie from the enemy but you don't know what I've done I don't care what you've done he has shed his grace for you do we want you to keep doing it? no but don't let that keep you from entering into God's presence and then some of you are here saying well I I haven't done that bad I just don't know if I've done enough good you'll never do enough good He's coming after you today. He's looking for people like you that are broken, undone. But you want to be a worshiper. If that's you today, if you want to be a true worshiper, would you just raise your hand all over the room? Thank you, Lord. We give you an opportunity for those of you that want to make a next step in your journey with Jesus. We want to give you that opportunity and it's a big opportunity to make one step and what we say around here at the hills is we're not trying to get you to heaven today we just want to help you make one step closer to him we want to give you that opportunity today and maybe there are those of you here today I believe there are those of you here today that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord but something about today the moment the mood the feel like this is the day I'm going to, I'm going to Maybe today you want to, you need to refresh your relationship with Him. You 
pulled away from him. Let me tell you, if you don't feel close to him, I can tell you who moved. It wasn't him. So why don't you make a step back to him? Come close. Get up next to him. Like, like the psalmist said, get up under his wing. Let him cover you and care for you. If that's you today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's really, it's really simple. The scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Isn't that amazing? The grace of God. And then you get to be here. The people that should not be here suddenly are here. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Come on, let's say, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for an incredible day. Thank you for your incredible grace. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins and my pride and my idolatry. Today, I'm putting you first. You are my focus. I value you. I adore you. I pray that you would come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I want all the gifts and the fruit to come with it. And help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and everlasting life in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, shout amen. And let's celebrate with these folks.